Are you on the hunt for a perfect gift? Well, this year, give your loved one a gift that never goes out of style and will last forever. Give them a lifetime hunting or fishing license. A lifetime license just might be the best gift they ever receive. The Minnesota DNR offers a variety of lifetime licenses that include fishing, small game, sportsman, deer hunting, and more. Costs vary by age, and it really pays off big time to purchase a lifetime license for youngsters. Get this, a lifetime license purchase for a Minnesotan age three or younger will pay itself off in about 15 years. That means from about age 30 on, their fishing license will be free the rest of their life. If they move out of state, their license is still valid when they come back forever. My kids have lifetime sportsman's licenses. And last year we bought one for my nephew and my dad too. I just can't think of a better gift to give to someone that loves the outdoors. The memories that we make together in the field and on the water are priceless. A lifetime license makes the outdoors accessible forever. Learn more at mndnr.gov slash lifetime. That's mndnr.gov slash lifetime. In the television business, shows like Minnesota Bound just don't come along too often. 1,100 episodes produced over the span of 27 years. Only a handful of programs have been around as long. Shows like Sesame Street, Late Night with David Letterman, some of the soap operas. We have a big connection to our little TV show and the unique stories we share each week, which is why today's podcast is such a special one. See, we've decided it's time to add a new television show, one that should make fans of snow and cold and ice awfully excited. Oh, and also for those of you who covet ice fishing. Today, the details as we get dialed in. I'm Bill Shirk. I fish, I hunt, I camp, and I tell stories. Welcome to the Minnesota Bound Podcast, the stories behind the stories. All right, to understand our little production company is to kind of understand a little bit of our history, I think. You see, Minnesota Bound started in 1996 with Ron Shera, an outdoor news columnist who transitioned to television stories. We've been producing Minnesota Bound 52 weeks a year since that first show back in 1996. We've grown. Heck, I just celebrated 20 years with the company, and I did a quick count. I've worked on 14 different outdoor television programs since starting at Ron Shera Productions. Some of those projects, they come and go. But today, a new arrival for those who love our tough winters. To explain, I have friend and Minnesota fishing icon, Tony Roach along. Tony... I know you have to get your boat detailed and put away before the snow flies. Does that mean that you're suddenly in a tree stand somewhere? I was this morning, Bill. Um, yeah, I, this, that's what I love about Minnesota is the season changes. You know, uh, one week you could be out in the boat, the next week in the deer stand, the next week hunting grouse, and then ice fishing, and then a week later back in the boat again. So uh, you got to love... Uh, the season changes in Minnesota. That's what makes us great. That's what makes it great living here. I, there's so many options as an outdoorsman. There's the, 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 the options are endless. Well, it seems like we've decided to make a choice 
for you or along with you. You know, it's no secret you're an open water and on ice fishing fiend of sorts, and you're kind of starting a new sudden chapter in your fishing career. I think it feels right that you should kind of make the announcement today. Well, Bill, I, I think you tipped your hat towards it. Uh, you know, I've, I've coupled with uh, Ron Chair Productions and the whole team over there to create Dialed In Angling. And uh, it's a new show that's going to air. It, it's really an in-depth look into a lot of facets of ice fishing. We've got a lot of great contributors to the show. Uh, all aspects of ice fishing from fishing reports to technique specific uh segments of the show and i think ice fishermen ice lovers ice anglers are really going to be able to gravitate towards the show and walk away with a lot from this show we're going to have a lot of content a lot of information uh me as an angler i've always been uh good at educating people when it comes to you know whether it's techniques or season change it could be species related and I've always been really good about sharing information. You know, years ago, I, I started doing a podcast of my own where I just specifically talk about fishing reports. You know, I had I was fielding so many calls and emails about fishing in general, ice reports, uh, water temp conditions, you know, what have you, that I created my own little, little podcast back then. And that just kind of escalated into other things I did as an angler and... I want people to be successful on the water. I want to showcase how I found these fish or caught these fish and show them that it's easy for them to do the same thing. And I think that's what dialed in angling is all about. It's about getting dialed in. You know, we talk about that as, as friends. Most of my friends are, are just as enthusiastic about fishing as I am. And, you know, nothing says it more than being dialed in. When you're dialed in, you know it. Uh, and we want to help. People that watch the show uh, on a week-to-week basis get dialed in, just get as dialed in as we are. I feel like I want to have a little graphic in the corner during the show. Every time you say it, it's just a little clicker that just ding, 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 dialed in, ding. It you is know, important. Uh, well, it's, it's just, your it, phrase. Well, it and it's it's funny how catchy it is because, you know, being down at Ron Shera Productions or being in meetings with Rapala, you know, we always say, hey, we're dialed in, we're dialed in. And uh, it, it is catchy. And I find myself saying it a lot more now than maybe I did before we talked about the show. But it's true that you know that feeling, Bill, when you're dialed in. It's 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 a 100% authentic and you can feel it as an angler, as a hunter. When you're dialed in, you're dialed in. Yeah, we were sitting in the conference room trying to brainstorm what the show might be called and throwing around all these ideas and you kept saying dialed in you know like we're gonna go up here we'll be dialed and it just sort of hit us i think it's important you know also to talk about this show we're doing this in partnership with our longtime friends at rapala that is that is huge for me it kind of makes me blush a little bit when i was a little kid the first lure i ever got from santa was in my stocking and it was a black gold and white floating Rapala. I still have that Rapala as a business, as a lure company has always been larger than life to me. And 
here they are saying, yeah, we want to do this with you guys. It's pretty awesome. Oh, I, I'm the same, Bill. My, my first memories that I have as an angler, like going out on my own and doing it, not being in my dad's boat or with my grandpa, was I, I grew up on a lake river system and where the river flowed in, in the spring and fall, you could throw original floaters in that current and catch walleyes. Right. And so me and my buddies would bike down there and the most coveted lure that you could have with you is the original floater, black, gold sided. You know, the lake I grew up on kind of had that tannic iron ore colored water and throwing that original floater. I mean, that was the lure. If you broke off and you had to uh, switch to an alternative, you weren't catching walleyes that night. And so me as an adult, as an angler, I mean, being able to work with Rapala as close as I do on lure design and, uh, you know, marketing, things like that. It's a dream come true. It's, it's a brand that like you, I grew up with and as everyone I know can relate to Rapala's and have stories about catching fish on particular Rapala lures. And so, you know, a, a few years back when Rapala really delve into ice fishing and started coming out with some real cutting edge designs in VMC and Rapala and really going after that ice fishing market. I was pumped because now you're bringing a level of quality and professionalism to the ice industry that, you know, you really had never seen, you know, there had been a lot of, you know, sort of mom and pop and, and garage type of um, lure manufacturers out there. But here you have a company like Rapala, that has teams that are focused in on not only creating the best lures on the market, but really every aspect of that lure. You know, when I started working with Rapala on product design, I could not believe how focused their engineers were on every aspect of that lure. I mean, it didn't matter if it was, you know, the hair count, the, the the rattle beads, the size of the rattle beads, the the chamber, the noise at which it makes, the 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 clips that are on that bait, to the O rings, everything had to be perfect. And uh, a dream come true as far as working with Rapala was sitting in the tank, fishing brand new Rapala lures that the world had never seen before, and walking out of that office, and I. Um, you know, you have to pinch yourself. And so, yeah, having Rapala on board with dialed in angling, it just comes full circle. And I love that group over there. I've worked closely with them for a long time now. And uh, like you said, Bill, it's a kid from Minnesota that uh, grew up fishing. Every aspect of my life has been fishing to be able to work with a company like Rapala is is beyond beyond what I ever imagined growing up. You know, of course, Rapala is the parent company of brands like Strike Master, VMC Hooks, Suffix. They'll all be involved in the program as well. Um, so just a lot of excitement. All right, real quick. We need to thank a few sponsors of the Minnesota Bound podcast. But when we come back, I want to talk about, you know, some of the places you're going to go, where people will be able to find the show. Um we're busy bodies here over the next 16 weeks. I'm a little freaked out, and we'll talk about that when we come back. Deal? Sounds good, Bill. Awesome. 
I'm Bill Shirk, the man about the woods, and you are listening to the Minnesota Bound Podcast, the stories behind the stories. We have all these great sponsors who help us get to you each week. Up first, I want to thank our partners at Connecticut. We are into late fall. We've been back at the cabin to rake the leaves and get the dock out. Now we're into hunting season, and that means Connecticut water in the woods. Last summer, we were lucky enough to add Connecticut water at the cabin, and what a difference. For as long as I can remember, we've dealt with that stinky, foul well water. But after a really painless four-hour installation, we now have Connecticut soft water and also Connecticut's K5 drinking system. No more bottled water to try and make early morning coffee before getting out to fish. Instead, we now have great drinking water right out of the K5 tap. The laundry no longer smells funny, and Connecticut Water cleaned up the showers and the dishes. The world's most efficient, worry-free water system. Visit Connecticut.com to find a dealer near you and join the Connecticut family. Also, a shout-out to our friends at Heat Hog. Heat Hog, the hottest name in portable propane heaters. More reliable, wider heat area, and packed with features for hunting, camping, fishing, tailgating, workshops, and job sites. Tired of melted ice at your feet in your pop-up ice shelter? Heat Hog is the only heater with adjustable tilt that sends the heat exactly where you want it. Heat your body, not just your feet. You want more features? Heat Hog keeps your fuel warm for longer runtime per tank. Plus, these portable units blast heat to a 33% wider area than the competition. With three different models to choose from, there is a heat hog just the right size for you to get easy-to-use, portable, reliable heat. Stay warmer, longer with Heat Hog. Visit HeatHog.com and order one today with free shipping. Heat Hog, the only one that tilts. This message is brought to you by the Minnesota Propane Association. Clean, affordable, reliable energy. These are all the things that people want for their homes and businesses. The one source of energy in Minnesota that can offer all of these benefits is propane. Clean. Propane produces 43% fewer emissions than the equivalent amount of the electricity generated from the U.S. grid. Affordable. According to the U.S. Department of Energy, propane costs approximately 30% less than electricity in the U.S. The savings in Minnesota can even be higher. Reliable. Propane is energy stored on site, independent of the grid. Propane can power your home or business anytime you need it. Energy. Propane is a direct energy source used at your home or business, unlike electricity, which is produced somewhere away from your home. By the time electricity gets to your home, 66% of the energy used to produce it is lost. That is why propane is approximately three times more efficient than electricity. Propane, the right energy right now. For more information on what propane can do for you and the environment, go to propane.com. All right, we are talking about a brand new television project we are embarking on and it is so tied to winter weather and first ice um tony roach you know revered minnesota angler will be uh the head host of this program uh, dialed in angling and we are planning to hit the air the very first week of december and every week 
record a new episode. Uh, I'm looking out my window right now, Tony, and I see fall colors, and I went to lunch in shorts and short sleeves. What are we going to do? Well, you know, again, Bill, there's lots of things to get ready for when it comes to ice. And for <laughs> me, when I'm fishing in the fall, it's fall scouting. Uh, you know, I'm, I haven't quite turned the chapter on my fall fishing, but it's almost there. And always in the fall, I tend to do more scouting than fishing, if that makes sense. I know a yep. lot of people are eager to put their boat away, jump in a deer stand or, you know, get out in the field to shoot pheasants. Um, I always look at open water and ice is sort of the same, uh, same thing as, as late ice is for me for spring, right? You're going to get these fish that migrate back to these locations where they're going to be as soon as that ice goes out, they're going to be right in those same spots. Uh, it's no different in the fall as you look towards winter. Uh, these fish are going to set up in these wintering areas. They're going to find these green cabbage areas. They're going to find these locations that are abundant in bait fish. And as soon as this lake is capped off or these lakes are capped off in a couple of weeks, we're going to be in those same locations. And so ice anglers that are worried about ice, you take an opportunity like a day like today where it's bright sunshine, it's warmer temperatures when you can get out on that open water and you can get out there and you can mark spots and you can get ready for ice fishing. And if you do that, it's going to save yourself a lot of work in the long run too. Yeah. You're kind of ready to go when the ice hits and it's coming, right? Like, I got an email earlier today. They're dealing with ice already on the Canadian side of things. So we're not weeks and weeks and weeks away. I mean, we're almost getting to the point where we're counting days. And then well, another, I was going to well, say, once say, all right, you go. <laughs> you know, the other thing anglers can do is get all of their honey-do lists done right now when it's nice out and warm so you don't have to deal with it as soon as we get ice. <laughs> That's yeah. the other flip side of what I also do in the fall. It's like trying to get ready for ice fishing because as soon as ice hits, I want to be out there. And we are, like you said, on the verge. Uh, Minnesota, you know, it seems like we sort of are in the moment, right? Uh, when When it's nice like this. My phone doesn't ring at all for ice guiding trips. As soon as that first cold snap hits, I cannot set my phone down because I have so many calls and emails and text messages about people thinking about ice fishing. And so uh, take the time to get all your honeydews done now so that you yep. can be on the ice as soon as we have ice in about two weeks. It's funny. I just had a blip come in on my computer with an ice report and water temps dropping up towards the border, like it's coming. All right, so let's talk about the show a little bit. We have documented just a little bit with you out doing your fall scouting and um, kind of prepping for those first ice fish. We're gonna get ice, and then what's the plan? Do you, do you have destinations in mind? Where do you wanna go first? Well, you know, I want to hit a lot of destinations that are attainable by our viewers. So I'm talking destinations that you could say, hey, let's pack up for the weekend and head to those spots. You know, the, the nice thing about being in Minnesota, we're, the, we're sort of the epicenter of ice fishing, right? We're sort of the cog in the wheel, if you will. And we get ice first, especially in the Midwest. And then from there, it's North Dakota, South Dakota, Iowa, Wisconsin, Michigan, you know, 
kind of those lower tier ice belts, maybe Nebraska. Uh, but for season one, you know, I want to talk about a lot of fisheries that are close to us, that are hot, that are firing for this year. You know, you want to talk about scouting in the summer and fall. You know, I spend all open water on a lot of different bodies of water, right? I'm on the water almost every single day in open water, and I fished a lot of different bodies of water. So I know what bites are going to be hot as soon as the ice hits. And I want to go to those destinations and not only showcase some of those destinations, especially the bigger bodies of water, but um, I want to do it in kind of seasonal chronological order where the bite's hot. And people can capitalize on that because we are going to be filming that week and then basically um, showcasing that show by the end of the week. Um, it's a timely weekly show that anglers can gravitate towards. So if they see our show on Saturday, by the following Saturday, they could have a trip booked to those destinations. They can use the same techniques that we used on the show to get out there and be successful on the water, just like we were in Dialed and Angling. And so that's sort of the show in a nutshell, right? Uh, that weekly, that timely aspect where people can view it and the next week they can go to that area. So I want to start out with, you know, some bigger destinations, especially walleyes. Walleyes are one of my favorite things to fish right away early in the season, uh, right as the ice gets capped off because the bite's hot, right? The other thing is panfish, big panfish in particular. Some of these small bodies of water uh, get capped off really, really quickly. And so I want to get out there and hit some of these fish while that bite is still just red hot. And so those are some of the kind of early ice destinations. But then as we get throughout the winter, we're going to be talking about locations that you can go and still be successful on the ice, whether it be in a portable or a wheelhouse. It may be drilling techniques where we get out to a spot. I'll show you exactly how I go about finding fish in almost every single episode. Uh, I, I think if there's one thing that I can hang my hat on as, as an angler and a successful angler, for all these years is the fact that I can go out and find fish on different bodies of water. And I want to really showcase that in throughout the show week to week, how I go about strategically finding fish, because once you find fish, then you can get your, your technique dialed in. But finding first is always kind of that first and foremost. I think our clickers at five for dialed in, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> so every week you will be out at a destination kind of, sharing latest conditions. Travis Frank is going to have a bit in the show each week where he will have uh, some viewer feedback or answering viewer questions. He's going to have some great education uh, moments to help people uh, catch more fish. I will be hosting a weekly ice report, uh, talking with guides all over the Midwest, just latest conditions, latest bites. So much of this show is based on the right now, like the information so that somebody sitting at home can say, okay, I'm going to throw the stuff in the truck and we're going. And that's, that's kind of fun. Yeah. I mean, there's not too many shows that really hammer on that aspect of the right now. What's, what's going on right now. That's just, it's, uh, what I like about it is it, it sort of brings all pertinent or all relative information in the sport of ice fishing into one 
show and it showcases in one show. <laughs> I love the fact that we have all these contributors across the ice belt and, you know, sitting in on that conference call the other day, I know each and every one of those contributors that are going to be part of the show and they're all unbelievable sticks, right? They're great fishermen, open water and on ice. So I cannot wait till some of those guys start calling in, start giving their information. It gets me excited about the destinations that they're at. And, you know, the cool part about what we do on ice, you know, one of the contributors might have an unbelievable fishing report that we say, hey, next week we're going there. You know, we're going to bypass where we thought we might go and just head straight there. And that's what's cool about anglers sharing information with each other. And that's what we're doing with Dialed In Angling is we're just doing that. We're sharing all this information all in one location. Uh, For me as an ice angler, that's what I do anyway. Like I wake up in the morning, I look at the weather report and I'm scanning through the socials trying to get that information well that's what we're bringing into one episode of dialed in angling and i hope that viewers out there are going to get a lot of information from each and every week from our show each and every week so i'm not going to name our contributors quite yet just because we are still refining the list and making sure we have exactly the right people uh but it is an awesome group of some of the best ice guides on planet earth. So I can at least give you that much. All right. Here's the deal. As an ice angler, I'm excited as all get out about this show as a television producer. I'm scared out of my mind (laughs) because just because of how we are going to produce this show, literally, Get out there, fish Sunday, Monday, if, you know, depending on what conditions are like, what if we run into a blizzard? We might work into Tuesday. Then we race all this media home, spend about 72 hours um, putting together the show. We kind of have our editing team in place here. Um, You've been to the office. I think you can see that we're qualified to get that done in a timely manner. And then we literally put it right on the air. It's going to air on Bally Sports North, Bally Sports Wisconsin on Saturday mornings. I think our airtime is 730. Uh, And then we will release the episode online as well. Um, You know, just getting out of the weekend so that people who don't have a chance to watch the show get to get to see it online and kind of get that information. But from, from a television production standpoint, this is a yikes, (laughs) which is a good thing for us, but oh my gosh, is it a project? And, and we're not just going to crank out some media and put it on television. We have a long history and we have a reputation and this show is going to look unbelievable. You've seen the show open. What do you think? It gets me excited for ice fishing. Uh, you know, again, a, as a, a Minnesota kid or Midwestern kid, I love the season changes. So I love open water. But then as soon as I get towards hunting season, I'm really excited for hunting. And then as we get towards kind of the sundown of the hunting season, I'm jacked for ice fishing. And usually it's something that triggers that 
excitement for ice fishing, right? It could be the cold weather. It could be the St. Paul ice show. Watching that open the other day got me completely jacked for getting stuff ready and getting out there. Matter of fact, I had watched the open and I was in the process of converting some stuff over in my shop from open water to ice, which I do in the fall. I sort of smatter it. That's that's my excuse to deer hunt in the morning, come home, work on my shop, and then go back out deer hunting in the afternoon. As, as soon as I saw that open, I just started breaking out the ice fishing boxes, started pulling out my rod, that towards my gear, because that's sort of how I start to kind of build up uh, towards the season is I'm, I'm kind of a gear dork, you know. Uh, so I go in and I kind of go through, I go through my tackle boxes, my rods. And so I kind of geek out over that stuff. As soon as I can kind of get that in order, then I really start watching like weather forecasts. Right. So that show open, uh, had me completely jacked. I love this format from a, from a, from an information fishing standpoint, but like you, Bill, the only thing that makes me nervous is weather because I know what it's like <laughs> guiding in inclement weather. I've been doing it for over 20 years and snowstorms and cold, cold snaps and freezing rain and everything that comes with the winter weather. Uh, that's what makes me nervous. The fishing portion I can handle, even if it's 20 below, I know how to go out and catch fish and, and chase fish. And even if it's you know, focusing on bite windows to get the job done, but weather is what makes me nervous. Ah, uh, what could possibly go wrong? That's all stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and that's all stuff that we include. It's part of the story. It's part of the adventure, right? It's part of the experience. Yeah. I've, you know, I've always said that great reality TV would be just following ice fishermen or following my guide service all day long because of the things that we go through to get customers on good ice fishing. People have no idea, you know, uh, walking six miles with a spud bar and having me and one other guy just checking ice conditions because we want to make sure every inch of that ice is safe for our customers. Nobody's ever filmed that. And so we're going to be able to showcase that stuff. We're going to going to new destinations that we haven't fished or definitely haven't fished for a year or two and going there and showcasing how we go about finding those fish. Um, I think it's going to bring a lot of intrigue, but it's going to bring that sense of adventure, like you said. And I really do think that, uh, you know, we're going to get a lot of viewers just based on that, you know, it, it's, it's sort of that insight and look into how someone goes about dissecting a body of water on the yep. ice. Yep. And having a little fun doing it. Okay. We need to thank a couple more sponsors, but when we come back, before we wrap this thing up, I want to talk to you about what I perceive is a huge change for you personally because of the show. We'll talk about it when we come back. I'm Bill Shirk, the Mad About the Woods, and you are listening to the Minnesota Bound podcast. My guest today, Tony Roach, Minnesota angler and brand new host of our ice fishing project. It's called Dialed In Angling. All right. We have a lot of great sponsors who uh, help us get the podcast to you every single week of the year. Up first, I want to thank North Dakota Tourism. I can't believe it. 
We're in the woods and on the prairie already chasing birds. Summer is gone. Fall is here. And North Dakota, here we come. You know, the you know, the most recent bird counts are just in, and the biologists report the total number of pheasants observed, which is 65 birds per 100 miles of roadway, that number is up 61% from last year. Broods, 7.5 per 100 miles, that's up 70%, and that means world-class upland hunting. On the waterfowl side, 2023 was one of the wettest springs on record, which means an estimated 3.4 million breeding ducks. That number is also up from last year. You add to that North Dakota's PLOTS program, which is 800,000 acres of private land open to public walk-in hunting. And guess what? You have your spot just waiting for the perfect fall hunt. Make memories and hunt North Dakota. Plan your adventure just like we do at HelloND.com. Also, we'd like to thank Star Bank. Hi, everybody. Ron Shera here again with another nifty story, this one about my favorite bank, the story of Star Bank. There's 10 of them in Minnesota, but here's where the plot thickens. A Star Bank is more than money. A Star Bank cares, cares about its customers, cares about the community, whether it's town parades or the kids' baseball team. Why? Because star banks are locally owned. They treat you right. Quite a tale, wouldn't you say? How do I know? Because star bank is also our bank at Ron Share Productions. Just another story with a happy ending. Star Bank, the bank that cares. Member FDIC. To learn more online, go to star.bank. Hey there, Bill Shirk, the man about the woods. Propane, it's clean, efficient fuel produced right here in the United States. Schedule your propane service with a friend. Lakes Gas, a family-owned provider serving the upper Midwest for more than 60 years. 54 convenient locations in Minnesota and Wisconsin. Now with offices in North Dakota and South Dakota, too. Lakes Gas employees live in the communities they serve, so you can expect personalized service from professionals. Oh, and the Lakes Gas offers competitive pricing without all the extras that tend okay, to drive up super exciting prices. news today. Tony Safe, Roach is joining me. We have service. kind of blown Lakes the top Gas, off this deal. Right we are bringing dialed in or angling to television in and join no the family. Time. Like two weeks away from the very first episode, an ice fishing show built around uh, the world we live in and our good friends at Rapala, Suffolk. VMC hooks and strike master. Okay, Tony, just being days away from ice. I know you said you're excited, but I feel like this is a big change for you. Um, you for decades have been lugging around ice augers and literally drilling hundreds of holes a day to put all your clients on fish. Now you are transitioning away from that a little bit to play the role as the guide on television. Like physically, is this a big change for you? Yeah, I think uh, it's an exciting change for me. Uh, um, you know, I always think of, I'm not trying to get too deep into conversation, but as far as life is concerned, I always think like what gets me out of bed every morning? right? And it's always been fishing, right? 
but having those constant changes or challenges, I should say in life kind of makes that getting out of bed easier. (laughs) You know, you know, the routine bill, it's like ice guiding, for example, mid February, I don't hop out of bed as quickly as I did early December. (laughs) I believe believe uh, that, you know, this, this challenge of dialed in angling has me excited. It has my brain working. Uh, This is me as an angler in a nutshell, right? When I get on a specific technique or if I'm trying to perfect a specific technique or I get excited about some aspect of fishing, I can't stop thinking about it, right? I get up in the morning, I start the coffee pot, my mind is going. When I lay down in bed, I start jotting down notes about the things that I want to do on the water, on the ice, because I get excited about it, right? And this whole challenge of being able to shoot a show early in the week and then to have it air by the end of the week, that's a challenge. Uh, the challenges we went through to, to deliver that show and have the viewer be able to kind of be along the entire journey, uh, that's what I want to really capitalize on with this show. And, you know, me as an angler transitioning from a guide to, to this is I, I think is fairly easy in the sense because it challenges me. Me as an angler, I always am looking for the next challenge. And so I'm really excited to do this. Uh, ever since our, our talks, when we, when we decided, hey, we're doing this and getting ideas as far as show locations and really kind of hammering down all the details of the show, uh, I, I'm really, really excited about this because I, I also like, as a guide, the guide in me, I like seeing my customers being successful on the water when they're in the boat with me, when they're on ice, when I can kind of pass that torch where everything gets it. They have the light bulb moment where they're out on the ice catching fish and they get it. They know the, the, the technique, the jigging cadence, whatever it may be. And then boom, all of a sudden they're catching fish and they're being successful. And then I'm on to the next customer. That's kind of how I'm looking at this show is being able to showcase, you know, the technique, the, 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 the location, the, the entire aspect of, of what we shot right there. Um, that, that's but you're sort giving of away where, secrets where too. Is that yeah, weird for you? Not, not necessarily. Uh, I've always been about educating anglers and, helping people be successful out in the outdoors. And especially when it comes to fishing, I've always been an open book as far as telling people, you know, what to use. I I'm not, I guess when I always look at the people that are really, really secretive about things, I always think that's like complete old school because look around. I mean, you can jump on social media, you can uh, watch videos. I mean, there's, there's somebody shooting uh, something at all times. Right. And so I would rather share information with people. I get the joy out of seeing people catch fish. Then they show their kids how to fish or their nephews. And uh, it could be a grandparent. That whole sharing of information, uh, I think that's a large part of what I do anyway as a guide. And so this this show just kind of uh, accentuates that or, or, or creates a new challenge for me when it comes to showcasing that. I want people to see every aspect of what we're doing. Yeah. And they're going to get it. 
Oh gosh. Well, here we go. Uh, this is a brand new project. This is not a short term. We want this to be a legacy show. Obviously, this isn't just about Minnesota. This is about North Dakota, South Dakota, Wisconsin. You know, we'll probably sneak into Canada a little bit, um, Iowa. And we hope, we hope, number one, people will learn something. Number two, they'll have a ton of fun watching and uh, we'll kind of get to know you during the process too, which I think is a good thing. I hope so, Bill. I, I, I'm excited to go to all these destinations. I fish all over the Midwest and, you know, again, the challenge as a host of the show is not only being successful on the ice, but being able to make sure that the viewers are saying, Hey, like you said earlier, we can go to these destinations. Let's load up the augers right now. And we're driving over to North Dakota because it's a heck of a bite going on right now. And so that's, and we'll be able to use these techniques that they just talked about. And, uh, that if we, if we can do that, it's going to be a win-win for everybody. All right. Uh, two questions that I always end the podcast with, and I'm kind of excited to ask these of you. Number one, you do a lot of outdoor stuff. You fish, you hunt, you boat, you, you, you kind of do it all. But is there one piece of outdoor gear that you own that you just covet more than anything else, whether it's, I don't know, you know, a, a gun from your grandfather or, or a fishing rod that you made a memory. Is there just like one piece of gear to you that is so magical? Um, uh, that is extremely tough because, um, let me, let me just narrow it down and just stick to fishing. Cause that's what I do for a living. The hunting portion portion is just my passion off the water, but it would have to be electronics. Um, you know, uh, my electronics, uh, you know, it's, it's my eyes into the water and I would say electronics. I mean, yeah, you can't, you can't, uh, go out and catch those fish without a rod or without, your boat or without a strike master auger or something like that. But I would say electronics, Bill. I mean, I, I am always, always looking right. Um, even when that that's, that's what makes me, I think a, a really good angler is very vigilant under what's going on. Um, uh, I pick up on small cues, but I would say my electronics, you know, uh, that, that would be a huge portion of. Did you, by the way, ever use a green box? I did. Yeah. Long time ago. Matter of fact, um, I was the next generation beyond the green box. Like I was right when I first started really getting into, let's say ice fishing, for example, uh, I'd sit on a little lawn chair out in front of my parents' house and drill a hole. I had a little Mora hand auger yep. and my dad had rigged up a Eagle silent 60, which would. Wow. Was basic, yeah. Basically the next generation passed the green box, right? It was a Lawrence unit that he had kind of rigged it up with a, with a transducer and a little bubble level on there. So I could, I could use a, a depth finder. And then I don't know, maybe it was the next two, three years later and boom, Vexlar had kind of come on the scene. Right. And so, yeah, I, 
I was using electronics before, you know, anyone was on the ice and I, I just remember watching walleyes come up and hit my jig and I just thought it was so magical. And, uh, I'm still, still sort of the same today. I, <laughs> I, I rely on those same electronics, open water and ice to catch fish and being able to watch fish strike. I think that's part of the intrigue of ice fishing, right? You're sitting over the top of them. You can watch a fish come in and strike. There's just something magical about that. All right. Second question for you. Is there one moment in time, one outdoor moment that changed you? Something that happened that that just has always stuck with you? I think there's a lot of them. But for me, uh, ever since I've been a little kid, as long as I can remember, I've always wanted to fish right and i've always loved fishing and when i'm not when i wasn't forced to school go to school or be at practice i was fishing right i would leave practice i lived on a lake river system our school was on the other side of the lake and so i would boat to school a lot of times or boat to practice the baseball fields were across the lake and i would say I have a lot of great memories with my dad and my grandparents, fishing memories that are etched into me. But I just remember kind of the first time that I went and caught walleyes on my own. Hmm. Number five shad wrap absolutely crushed the walleyes on my parents' lake. And I got a little nine, nine, uh, Johnson motor on the back of my little rowboat and I started trolling for the first time and started catching walleyes one after another after another and catching fish and I remember thinking right then like I can do this so you know what being in the boat with my dad catching walleyes on Malax Lake or Winnie or wherever we went that was one thing but then for me being a 10 11 year old kid to have you know, kind of your first real taste of success when it comes to finding fish on your own, that basically sent me into orbit as far as what I wanted to do with the rest of my life. I mean, I remember after that going to school, telling my teachers I was going to be a professional angler. I was going to guide, you know, and it just escalated. Then into college, I started guiding up at Lake of the Woods. Then I started my own guide service. Uh, People told me I couldn't ice guide that, you know, you basically are going to have to find a job in the winter. I found a way to do that. I started drilling lots of holes and getting after fish like I do with my friends. And people saw that and, and found that intriguing. And so, boom, you fast forward to where I'm at today. Uh, you know, I've been doing this 20 years full time. I'm lucky to say that every day I get out of bed and I get to live that same dream that I had when I was a little kid. And that's what motivates me. As a person, as an angler, I get to do what I absolutely love doing, and that's fishing. More to come. It's going to be a great adventure with you, and uh, I'm looking forward to working alongside you. Yeah, me too, Bill. I'm, I'm really excited about this. I think we've, like I said, between you and I and Travis and that whole panel of guys that we have on Dialed In Angling, we are really focused on getting anglers that are going to view our show dialed in. Six. That was a six click. Got it. Okay, good. Tony, you're the man. Uh, can't wait to see the first episode and uh, we'll have all the social media stuff up again. You'll be able to find the show 
on Bally Sports North and Bally Sports Wisconsin. We've got dialed-in angling sites that we're building for all the social media and YouTube. So lots to come. And yes, there have been a lot of questions already about merch. Stand by. More to come on that soon. Tony, be well. I'll see you on television. All right. Sounds great, guys. We'll see you on the ice. Awesome. So there you go. That's the story today. The Minnesota Bound podcast, the stories behind the stories. We're adding yet another television show to uh, the walls here at Ron Share Productions. Awesome stuff. Should be exciting. I'm Bill Shirk, the man about the woods. Thanks so much for listening today. Again, we want to thank all the great sponsors who helped get the Minnesota Bound podcast on the air. Podcast presented by Connecticut Water, Grain Belt, Heat Hog, Lakes Gas, North Dakota Tourism, and Star Bank. Until next week, remember, always introduce a kid to the great outdoors. Mm-hmm.